Hi, this is Ann Reckling, and I am on the phone with Donovan, um, and we're doing an interview about what it's like to be a teenager who is living and, from what I understand, doing a lot of things, um, despite mm-hmm. Mido. So, hi, Donovan. Hi. Hi. Um, how old are you? I'm 16. You're 16. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so what grade? I'm a sophomore. I'm finishing up my sophomore year right now. I'll be a junior next year. That's great. Okay. So, almost there. Almost there, huh? <laughs> when were you diagnosed? Oh, jeez, I'm trying to remember. I think it was about, I think it was only two years ago. So you I, were... I lose track of time so easy. It was like two or three years ago, I think. Okay. So but you it were took like us thir- quite a while to get to that point. Did it, can you tell me sort of how that process went? What, you know, when you first started noticing symptoms, that kind of thing? Well, we really started to notice things when I was in middle school. Mm-hmm. Around, you know, sixth grade, teachers were emailing mom saying, I'm pretty lethargic, maybe you should take him to the doctor, see if he has, my, um, you know, like um, mono oh, and that kind yeah. of thing. Um, I almost said mito, but we didn't even know about that then. Um, and, uh, you know, I got tested for a lot of things. It had regular doctor's appointments and everything was fine. Okay. Um, then I started to miss a lot of school and get sick a lot. And finally, it wasn't until I was in, like, um, seventh grade was it? I think it was either late uh, sixth grade or early seventh grade that I seemed to have what was like a like an allergic reaction. Oh. Um, okay. It was almost like I was allergic to strawberries. You know, my face was all red and itchy and my eyes were all puffy and I was real tired. You know, it looked like I, you know, needed some Benadryl or something. Right. Um, but I wasn't allergic to anything. Um, we went to a couple different doctors and that kind of thing and they suggested that I try to go get tested for food allergies and stuff like that. Sure. So I went through the whole elimination diet, had to bring food to school. I, you know, I spent one whole week just pretty much eating salad. Wow. No dressing, any of that stuff. And then we started to work things in little by little, and I was having, oh, it was terrible <laughs> trying to do that. I was uh, starving myself just trying to eat the bare minimum and, you know, I log bet. All, all the foods that I was eating. And it was real tough right in the middle of school and everything, too. Sure. Um, but it wasn't too bad because, you know, I'd show up at school with, you know, a baked sweet potato and all kinds of stuff like that, and kids were, you know, wanted to switch meals with me <laughs> from school food and stuff. But um, then we went, because the elimination diet really didn't work. I was still having these allergic reactions, even though I was, you know, eating almost nothing. Um, okay. Went through, got all the all the shots and everything with all the different, you know, things in them. Like the allergy shots? Um, all the allergy shots, exactly. Okay. It, you know, I had like 100-something shots in my back and oh, on my arms. I know what you're talking about, the scratch test, yeah. Almost, yeah. Yeah, they just like little mosquito bites. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I got all those and still nothing. And uh, we went all the way down to Portland, Maine, um, to one of the best um, allergy doctors in the whole state. And um, actually, he is the best, I think. Wow. And they, that's where they did all those shots. And... Um, I wasn't, you know, reacting to anything on my back, but then when I was sitting in the guy's office after I had all the shots, I'm sitting there, and he's watching my face break out right in front of him. How strange. And, okay. And everybody was confused, and he basically said, I'm sorry, but I don't know what to do. And, you know, I got shipped from doctor to doctor, and when people got confused or discouraged, they just dropped me. How frustrating. And, um, oh, it was it was terrible. And, well, and, um, and if your face is all red and swollen <laughs> as a teenager, that doesn't feel too cool. No, no, it doesn't feel too cool no matter what age you are. You know, I'd wake up in the morning some days and my eyes would be swollen shut and I couldn't really see. How 
I'd look like I'd gotten you know, like a bar fight or something the night before. It was bad. <laughs> okay. Um, but um, we went from doctor to doctor, and everyone would ship us off to someplace else. And um, finally we hooked up with um, Dr. Uh, Bert Adams up here, who was a real, real big push for us. And okay. um, he sent us down to Boston and got us introduced to a bunch of people. And first I would go to rheumatologists and stuff, too, because I had real bad joints and stuff like that. You had joint pain? Oh, lots of joint pain. Swelling? My knee. Just, can you hear my knee? Yeah. <laughs> That's my knee cracking. Um, and uh, <clears throat> I went down to rheumatologists down there, and um, a couple of them looked at me, and one of them checked my joint because my hips were really bothering me and stuff like that, um, checked me over and looked Right, looked me right in the eye and looked at my mom and said, um, I'm going to give you a business card to a um, psych- psychologist who's just down the road. And oh, that happened quite a bit. Everyone was saying, well, you should go to a psychologist instead because no one could find anything physically wrong with right. me. So they just I was healthy. Exactly. I was, on, you know, I was on a swim team. I was been physically active all the time. Mm-hmm. I was in good shape, good eating habits, mm-hmm. everything. <clears throat> And um, But it turns out that when he referred us to that psychologist, it was the best thing that's happened to us so far. Really? Oh, yep. that's great. Yep. Dr. Elizabeth Spark down in, um, it was near Boston, I forget exactly where it was. Um, she diagnosed me with, um, well, Bert Adams kind of um, almost made you know a diagnosis himself, um, but he had a lot of ideas, and she pretty much solidified them for him. Um, she determined that I had um, Sjogren's syndrome, which is something that usually um, elderly women get. It affects okay. um, joints, um, sleep. It you know might hinder your sleep ability a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, dry eyes, dry mouth, which was things that I was suffering from already. I had no tear production sure. at all in like my right eye, and my left eye was just barely there. Okay, um, I was on. Um, eye drops all the time, that kind of thing. Um, So that accounted for most of the joint pain and stuff like that. And then she also wanted to follow the lead of the mitochondrial disease. Okay. Is she the Um, one who first brought up mito, or had that been brought up before? Well, um, Dr. Adams up here in Maine brought that up. Okay. Um, First, he had the idea, and he... uh, And when I got back from, um, from Dr. Spark down in Boston, who, you know helped me out with all these things. Um, He uh, started me on the mitochondrial cocktail with, like, coenzyme Q10 and all that stuff. Um, And just just a little bit of it, though, because, you know, he didn't want to go full into it. And um, then when we got referred down to a genetics doctor in Boston, Dr. Uh, Corson. Oh, sure, yeah. um, He uh, said, well, you're doing the right thing here, so let's just, you know, let's amp it up a little bit. Okay. And, um, like, pretty much tripled the cocktail. Okay. And um, from there is also where we went down to um, down to Atlanta. Oh, so you had a muscle biopsy down there? I did. Yeah. I went down to Atlanta, and they took uh, two and a half inches of muscle out of my yeah. left leg, they sewed me up, and sent too. me out the same day. <laughs> yeah, they did that to my son, too. But, um, Only he was little. But, yeah, and that got those results back about six months later. Now, mind you, some of these things I'm telling you may be out of order. It's been such a long process. Sure. Well, yeah. This is the basis of it. 
And um, what they what did they find with the muscle biopsy? What was the definitive kind of? They found that I had um, I did in fact have mitochondrial disease. Okay. Um, and I do believe it was complex one and three deficiency. Okay. One of I'm uh, missing uh, two complexes. Right. In my mitochondria. Okay. Um, and it's funny now because um, I just finished out college prep biology. Really. In Good school. Um, so uh, I'm learning a lot more about it even now. I'm understanding a lot because I've you know read my lab reports from Atlanta and stuff like that. Right. Right. And um, now you. And now I'm learning about it, and I'm like, oh, hey, I know this. And, you know, I'm contributing to class and talking about myself a lot and all kinds of stuff. That's neat. So you sound like you're fairly open about kind of what you've dealt with. Oh, yeah. With other kids and friends. and. Oh, yeah. Every, everyone knows, and if people don't know, I say, hey, you want to hear something fun? <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. it's, an, it's an interesting fact because, no, you know, they call it the invisible disease because you'd look at me and nobody would think twice. Okay. You know. You don't I, look I'm, sick. No, I definitely don't look sick. I mean, I'm... I was in a, I was a swimmer for three years. Okay. Um, from sixth through eighth grade. Wow. I was seventh in the state in a couple of my events. You know, I was really keeping up with things, and then I, you know, started to fall behind with that because it was just getting worse and worse as I went along. Yeah. You know, it would tire me out a lot because that, you know, don't ever let anyone tell you that swimming is not a real sport or a hard sport. Uh, yeah, I swum. Because it <sighs> takes, yeah, it takes yeah. more out of you than you can ever imagine. I think sometimes more um, than running because you use your entire body. Exactly. You use every muscle. You do. Every single muscle. Um, how, how do you deal with now? I mean, you're 16. It sounds like, I mean, you're getting ready for your junior year. Mm-hmm. You're open with people. Um, how are they? How are the kids at school? And do you ever get any people give you any trouble about it or the teachers or anything? Or Well, the biggest thing has been probably the teachers. Okay. Because... Um, um, I mean, my friends really don't care. It really doesn't affect my social life at all. Okay. You know, if I'm hanging out with friends and I just happen to be tired, usually I'm not because I just push through it. You know, I'm having a good time hanging out with buddies and stuff. But Uh um, I don't really let it keep me down all that much. But the the teachers, um, some teachers have had a problem with it because I have energy pretty much whenever my body wants me to have energy. And what I do the day before will you know, act, will start to affect me three days down the road. So there's nothing real immediate okay. about it, you know. Okay. So, you know, a teacher, another sport, the sport that I do now um, is mixed martial arts. Oh. It's the UFC stuff, you know, and the, the cage fighting thing, that real brutal sport. Okay. <laughs> it's real fun. I got turned into it by some friends. Um, so now I'm the only kid in the gym, you know, doing all the grappling and wrestling and right. jiu-jitsu and boxing and all that stuff and keeping up with all these big guys. Okay. And a lot of teachers just don't understand that, well, I, you know, showed them this video on my camera of me in a big state tournament, you know, winning this big trophy Yeah. just a couple of days earlier, but then, you know, I was too tired to go home and complete the, you know, 75 questions in algebra. Ah, you okay. Know. So there's that... You know, um, me trying to enjoy myself and using energy when I have it to stay fit and stuff like that versus uh, teachers and, you know, home requirements and stuff like that. Maybe they would want you to just totally focus on school. Well, if you have some energy, you should be doing it just on school and not on, like, living the rest of your life. Exactly. That kind of thing. And you say you don't look sick, so it's kind of hard for the kids. No, I definitely don't look sick. I mean, I'm, I'm in the gym all the time, lifting weights. I'm... Okay. Wow. You know, I can I 
I go into the gym after school with a couple teachers and stuff. And I mean, just a little while ago, I deadlifted 305 pounds. Wow. And and then, you know, I just kept going with everything else. So people wouldn't realize that, you know, I'm I'm not a big kid. I mean, I'm five foot seven. I weigh 155 pounds. Okay. But I just try to keep in the best physical shape I can. And it's funny because people, you know, see me and they're like, hey, he's in good shape. And I got a reputation going on in school. My friends are like, oh, he's that jacked fighter dude, you know. Right. <laughs> and so here I am, and I'm in such great physical shape and everything. But at the same time, it's really hard for me to just keep up with the normal schedule with school and the flow of things. And the life. So how how do you make it work? I mean, what do you do? Because it sounds like you're... It sounds like most of the teenagers I talk to, you want a life. You know, you're not just about school, and there's a lot of things you like to do. And mm-hmm. how do you how do you do it? How do you fit it together? What do you do for your body? Are there certain things that you have to do? You figured out. Well, I um, I come first. School doesn't come first. Okay. You know, it's and when I say me, I don't mean me personally. I just mean like you know my my time with friends and family and keeping in good shape and all that stuff. Schoolwork comes, there are, you know, two major things in life. There are the things that I want to do um, for my own well-being, to be happy, have fun, enjoy life, you know, learn lessons and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then there's school. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would much rather do a bad job in school and, you know, have teachers not be happy with me and stuff like that than, de- you know, devote all my time to schoolwork and not go out and live life. Right. Because who knows? You know, I I have the energy now. I might not have it tomorrow. I might not have it next year. You know, you never know. I have, I mean, I have big plans for myself. I'm going to United Technology Center for the next two years of school, which is where I'll go. I'll learn how to be a a mechanic and stuff because I'm a total grease monkey. I just love that stuff with four wheelers and cars. Okay. Want to do all that and... Then after that, I want to continue in the gym and see if I can make a professional career out of um, mixed martial arts fighting and wow. a lot of stuff. So, you know, it's not really based around schoolwork. I'll uh-huh. do what I can, get the best grades I can, you know, continue to learn everything, but I'm not going to give, dream, dream give up it, dreams and give up my time and energy, you know, for a report that's due okay. the next morning. Yeah, so. and it sounds like your dreams take aren't the ones that would require the heavy academic background. Exactly. It's different kind of a different type of learning yeah. that you'll be doing. Yeah, I'm not saying I totally slack off and stuff, but, you know, when I don't have the energy, I just limit my activities at home and at school. Do you, and I, I try to keep a pretty even balance, and usually it works out okay. Do you go full day to school, or are you... Yep, yep. Every I go day full day to school. Every day? Yep. Every wow. day. Um, my eighth grade year, I missed 45 days of school okay. out of the year. That's a lot. And I still passed high honors. Congratulations. So I still made it on the honor roll, even though I missed uh, <laughs> I missed uh, more days than a lot of my yeah. friends were in school, you know? Yeah, yeah. So. And do you uh, have to change the way you eat or drink? Do you have to make sure you have more fluids, or does it um, really affect you? Or I'm supposed to drink um, over 90 ounces of water a day. Okay, that's a lot. Which is a lot, and it's real tough, because, you know, in, in school we have 80-minute um, periods, and so if I get up to go to the bathroom and I come back, I miss a big chunk. And I I go to a, a school where very very big into academics. Okay. Very tough school. It's I mean it's a normal public school, but when the rest of the state has done away with the common assessments and all that stuff, 
our school decides to keep them because that's my school. Okay. So there's a, there's a lot of work involved. Um, you know, I just finished up um, on Wednesday, yesterday. Um, I just finished up a 17-page uh, college prep bio final oh. with uh, 105 questions. Are you guys in school for the summer or are you still in school? School hasn't ended. School hasn't ended. I get out on the okay. 16th. Okay. So you're yeah. still finishing it. Wow. Yep, just finishing, finishing up. You so. sound very upbeat. I, positive. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm getting towards the end of the year, and I'm having half days now, so I'm pretty happy. You're pretty happy. <laughs> so it's getting there. You sound positive, though. It's neat to hear you because you do sound positive about um, about the future, about what you want. Well, you know, um, if, you, you, if you don't stay positive, you you're not going to go anywhere. Yeah. You, know, you get people are like, oh well, like um, you know, I I talk to I have lots of friends who are um, completely and totally healthy, and they don't do anything, or they're in terrible physical shape just because they're like, oh well, I don't have any time, or I'm too lazy, and all this stuff, mm-hmm. and I'm like, hey, look at me. Right. <laughs> you know, so. You, you sound clear I'm clear on what you want, and um, I think one of the things that I've noticed in talking to the um, you know, teenagers around your age um, who have Mito is that they have very definite ideas, maybe more defined than um, I'm kind of used to hearing from teenagers, just more mm-hmm. defined ideas about what they like and what they want to do with their life, because yeah. what I hear from them is what you said, which is that there's, you don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. Yeah. You don't... You don't have that sense of invincibility, I think, that a lot of times teenagers do. You never know what's down the road. Because you don't know. So just make the best of what you have while you have it. Yeah. And always give it 110%. Is part of um, keeping yourself as physically healthy as possible, is that part of your, I mean, is that part of also your desire just in terms of fighting Mito? Very much so. Okay. If I, you know, if I don't get out there and exercise and keep my, body, you know, as fit and as um, efficiently running as possible, then I'm not going to go anywhere. Okay. I mean, it, it seems it seems kind of almost backwards because, you know, Mito zaps you of energy. Mm-hmm. You know, your body can't take uh, food and other materials and turn them into all the chemical po- components you need to, mm-hmm. you know, use energy properly. But the more you go out and exercise and the, you know, better you, you keep yourself in shape, you know, the better your body will be able to manage on its own. Mm-hmm. Um, one, what the doctors told me basically was um, if I lift weights and keep my mu- muscles um, physically strong and fit, then energy that is, like, crucial energy can go to other parts of my body. <clears throat> oh, okay. And the muscles can, you know, hold their own. Okay. So they'll I'm, be in the best shape. Exactly. I'm in, I'm in there, you know, lifting weights. I'm in the gym getting the crap beat out of me, like... <laughs> You know, a bunch of big guys. Um, and even in gym class, I mean, I'm I'm putting in over half the effort that a lot of other kids are. They just don't feel like doing it. And a lot of people are like, hey, aren't, aren't you sick, you know? Don't you, you know, lose energy real fast? I'm like, I have energy now, and I'm going to use it to enjoy my time. Yeah. You know? That's a, that's a wonderful way of thinking. It's a wonderful way to kind of approach. You know, it's a wonderful way of approaching for anybody. Whether you Everybody should be proactive in that way. No. I mean, life isn't always, you know, fun. And no. everyone always gets down about certain things. And I figure I'll put all the positive energy, you know, in into my 
disease and my situation that I can so that, you know, if I get depressed, it's over, you know, something else that really isn't all that bad. <laughs> okay. That makes sense. So, now, um, what, if you, one of the things that I've been asking um, people is, is if, if you were to meet somebody, let's say another teenager who was just diagnosed with Mito, is there any, like, particular one thing that maybe you'd want to say to them or something that you wish somebody had told you um, <clears throat> when you were first diagnosed or first wondering? Is there any kind of, I don't know, words of wisdom, if you will, or anything that you would want them to know? Well, the biggest thing for me when I got diagnosed is, and I know this probably isn't the same thing for a lot of other people because it's, um, you know, it's a lot more out in the open now. A lot more people know about it. It's a little mm -hmm. bit more common. Mm -hmm. um, the biggest thing for me when I first, you know, found out for sure was I was more relieved than I ever have been just to know what I had. Because okay. um, I had been going for about four years looking for what I had, going from doctor to doctor all over the place, and everyone was telling me it was in my head when it wasn't. So once I got over the fact that, okay, I have this, I'm relieved that I know what I have, then I actually got to focus on you know what the real issues were. And probably the biggest thing that I have to say to someone is don't let it control you. You control it. It's, it is very much real. It's not in your head, but don't let it keep you down. Mm -hmm. You know, even if I am tired, um, I rest for a little bit. You know, I just balance my time. If I'm just a little bit tired, you know, I'll, I'll still go to the gym. I'll still put in, you know, everything I have. And I'll get my energy about probably halfway through my workout, and I'll start feeling a lot better, and I'll be able to you know, better myself as an athlete. And okay. You know, get my body in better shape, and then sure, I'll be tired after, but I go home, sleep, take a nap, rest, eat, you know, lots of carbohydrates and high energy foods and stuff like that, and I'm good to go the next day. That's great. I I don't, even though technically it is a type of disability, it's I don't look at it, you know look at it as a disability. Mm -hmm. It's something I have. Get over it. You know, live with so it. Move on. You're, you're move on. Yeah. It exactly. sounds like you're you're a lot about. And that's what's wonderful. Um, also, think about Mito Action, but I think also about all the talking to all the teenagers. It's, uh, <coughs> you guys are all about living. I mean, yeah, you have Mito, and yeah, there are ways. You know, sometimes you know it affects people differently, and they have to find a different way to mm -hmm. compensate. But everybody I've talked to is is working to figure out a way to live and do the things that they love to do. Exactly. Like you and, know, I I saw a piece on the TV a while ago about a guy who has no bottom half. He's just a torso, but he still goes out in public. He um, he lives life. He goes rock climbing and all kinds of things like that. And he even took his video camera and, you know, rolled himself around on a skateboard and videotaped people's reactions when they saw him just because he got, you know, amusement out of it to see how people looked at him. Wow. And he still has a great time and he lives his life. It's the same same exact thing with me. I have a disability and half the people I know don't even know about it and you know, if they don't know about it, I'm not ashamed to tell them about it or anything. That's you know, I don't great. use it as a crutch or anything like that. I just tell it how it is, and I don't let it put me down. That's awesome. So just, you know, do the best you can and be proactive. Thank you so much for no talking problem. with me. Um, also, just it's okay with you if this goes on. I always try to ask at the end to make sure um, mm -hmm. oh, have yeah. it recorded on there, and they'll probably be putting it up on the the website at some point. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, hey, thank you so much. Not a problem. All right. Talk to you later. All right. Thanks. thanks. Bye. Bye.